I love it when I can, uh, when I hear things and I say, hey, can you guys redeem this song? And they say, yes, we can. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Good job. That was good. That high note you hit, that's good, brother. That was good. <laughs> Uh, what we usually do here at Grace Church, well, not usually, sometimes, um, when I say get it, you say, and I say good. All right, so you guys are all ready for this morning. We are, well, first off, I got to ask you, are, are, are you ready to find your hallelujah, okay? Because as I was getting ready for this sermon, this series, and I heard that song, I thought, you know, think about the word hallelujah, that praise, that excitement, you know, you're, you're where God wants you to be, you're praising him for your life, and so you want to find your hallelujah, so you want to find that spot in your life where you sing that hallelujah, found that hallelujah place. I am where God wants me to be. And this morning we're going to kick off a new series called Move. It's called Move. What's your next step? And what I want to do over the next, honestly, a few series here, we are going to build from this, or we're going to build off the last series, which was my story. You know, living the story that that you want to tell. And we made some really important commitments, some really important decisions, right? Right? What did we decide? We decided to start. We decided to stop, right? We decided to go, to stay, correct? Focus on our strengths and then tell our story. That's a little bit about what I want to talk about this morning, telling that story, moving, moving on the commitments that we made before God and the foundation of our time where I want to, I want to lay the foundation. Our foundation is found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read it. It says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, to, uh, and, and, and the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers, to give them. So be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful in whatever, wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. I mean, just think about that for a second. Meditate on the word day and night. Then you will be then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? I'm going to stop just for a second. Be strong and courageous. And in this culture where we are now. Where truth is all relative and absolute truth is attacked and belittled. If you stand up for absolutes, you're going to be attacked. And more now than ever before in this this country's history, we need to be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua or the officers of the people go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. 
Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go into the ta- and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So that's the foundation of what we're going to be talking about. Actually, we're going to be talking about the book of Joshua for the next couple of weeks. You see, everyone here is on a journey. Every single, doesn't matter how old or young you are, every single, peer, single person here is on a journey. We find ourselves in the, in the beginning or in the middle or in the end of a journey not yet completed. It doesn't matter how old you are. Your journey is not yet completed. No matter what your, what, matter what your situation is, what you're going through in your life right now, we are all called every single no matter where we are spiritually. No matter what situation or circumstance you find yourself in, we are all called by God. So we need to prepare. We need to get prepared for the next steps on that journey. Get it? Good. Okay. As Christians, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot be complacent in our walk with God. Jesus is a God of vision and a God of movement. And he expects his people, every single one of us, anyone here this morning who calls himself a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus expects you to follow him. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing thing, right? You say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then the expectation is that you are going to follow Christ and how he lived his life. It's an expectation that we should all have of ourselves because you should know that God has that expectation of you. See, the Bible says if you if you claim him to live in him, you need to walk as Jesus did. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then it says you need to walk as Jesus did. See, here's the thing. If you want to if you want to walk like him and you want to be like him, if you want to shine like the sun, S.O.N., then you need to burn like the sun. If you want to shine like the sun, you need to burn like the sun. There needs to be some passion in our lives. We are, we are up against it, my friends. It is time for us to move as a church. I want to focus on Grace Chapel. I want to focus on the individuals of Grace Chapel through this whole series. It is time for us to move as individuals. It is time for us to move as a church. We need to move forward and accomplish everything that God has called us to do. We need to use all of our skills, all of our abilities, all of our strengths, all of our talents. We said uh, uh, during the last series, we want to focus on our strengths. The question is, are we focusing on our strengths? Are we using our strengths to build the kingdom of God? We need to march forward and accomplish everything that God has for us. And one of the most important things we can do is reach out with the love of Jesus Christ to others. In Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See, although we may be in different places in our where we are spiritually... Although we may be going through different situations, God is calling us to get ready, to surrender every single one of us, to literally surrender our lives to him. I don't know what church background you've all come from. I don't know what your church experiences has been like. But please, before God during this series, erase some of, 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 your, of your past, if you will, in church. I want, I want you to have a fresh start during this series. 
If, you, if, your, if your experience of church is, well, I like Grace Chapel more than that other church that I've been going to, whatever, and, and, but I, I sat in that church, and now I'm going to sit in this church because I like listening to the music in this church better than that church, and I like the cool floor they have in here. <laughs> oh, my other church had was a rug, you know what I mean? It got carpet, you know? Uh, this is a cool-looking thing. You know, it's funny because a lot of people are saying, can we just leave the floor this way and keep writing all over it? Just leave it alone. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be thinking about that. Um, but, you know, if that's your experience, just coming to church, kind of doing your thing, you're up, you sit, you come out, you walk. I, I want to I beg you with all of my heart, rethink your faith. Rethink your faith. Because there's a, a faith in Jesus Christ, claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ is so much more than following your friend into church and sitting here and then following them out and going home. And then never giving another thought to it until next Sunday. Well, Sunday. I'm tired. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't go. Uh, the thought of bringing someone else, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure they like what Pastor Jeff might have to say. He gets a little excited. I'm not sure if they're, you know, I'm going to tell you something. There are people out there in desperate need. The harvest is plentiful. Oh, my friends don't want to hear about it. Well, that's not true. That is just not true. Maybe, maybe at first they don't want to hear certain, but God, God has already placed a law on their hearts. They already know there's a God. Like me, when I, before I came to Christ, I just wanted to know who he was. I didn't know who he was. Finally, someone came and started telling me who he was. I, I, was, I was a punk, but I was at least open to hearing what they were saying. You don't know you, what your friends are thinking. You don't know what your friends are going through. The harvest is plentiful, but the Bible says the laborers are few. All of us who know Jesus Christ... All of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, it is time to move. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. There are opportunities out there to change people's lives, to invest in people's lives. But so many of us have become comfortable and complacent. We've become kind of comfortable with our lives, content with our lives. The problem with being content and comfortable and complacent, becoming satisfied, is that you don't want to move. If I'm in a place and I'm comfortable, I'm pretty much satisfied with where I am. You know, I wasn't satisfied there, so I'll sit in this chair. I'll sit over here in this chair and this, in this church, and I'll just be satisfied and comfortable once again. I don't want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to be satisfied with where you are. I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to find that, that, that complacency in your Christian walk. You know, you're just, you're just being carried along by whatever comes in. You know, you don't want to pick a fight. My goodness, pick a fight. We're in a war. God doesn't want complacency. God doesn't want us to be too, He doesn't want us to be comfortable. What He wants us to be, He wants us to be courageous. He wants us to reach out with our, with our faith in him and, and, and actually live out what we say that we truly believe. There's a world out there that is in desperate need of people like you. But the problem is so many believers in the world are not living. There's so much need out there in so many areas, but we don't live our lives with a sense of urgency. Just kind of going through the motions. There's, there's no, ur- there's no urgency. Oh, my friend's going to hell. Well, I'm not really, you know, I don't, that's kind of like, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about those people all over the world who are suffering and dying. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about all those things. Let's just not talk about those things. Let's just come here and be content and satisfied and comfortable and talk about niceties and things like that. Well, the reality is, gee, they didn't crucify Jesus over niceties. They crucified him over truth. 
because he spoke the truth. People say, oh, Jesus was this. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was constantly, they were constantly trying to stone him. Read your Bible. He says something, and they picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because he made them uncomfortable. He attacked the status quo, depending on it was, it didn't matter if it was the government or, or the, or the, or the religious, religiosity of the day. He shook things up. We need to shake things, shake things up. Ron Toby was talking about it last week when he was preaching. He was saying, we need to, we need to get out there and we need to tell our story. We need to tell our story. We need to talk about what God is doing in our lives. We need to let people know how God has been moving in our lives so they can come into a closer relationship with him. The Bible says, the, in, in Matthew, it says the, the, the laborers. It talks about laborers are few. So you think about it. What's the biblical definition of a laborer? What is, what is, a, what is a laborer? Well, it's a person who does the work, okay, who does the work that maybe requires strength rather than skill. Now, obviously, there's skill involved in everything, but we're talking about really strength instead of skill. And I would say really strength of heart. We need to have strength of heart. God is looking for laborers, people who are willing to give their whole lives to him, people willing to step out in faith. Now, you might be thinking over the last year, you might have thought, well, you know, I'm not going to, I really don't want to serve right now because before I can serve God, I need to fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. Before I just, before I want to serve God, even though you know you are gifted in those things, even though you know you have used those gifts before, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to do it now because, and you just, I need to fill in the blank. See, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. God uses the willing, not the able. God uses the willing, not the perfect. He wants the willing. He wants people who are willing. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Right? God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You want to serve? You, you step out and you serve. And God will give you what you need to accomplish what he's called you to do. When Jesus, when they were feeding the 5,000, and Jesus said, he said, oh, Lord, send these people home. He said, they need to go get some food. He said, you feed them. You feed them. You think he was just saying, you feed them, and not thinking about it? No. No, not at all. And Andrew understood that. Andrew went out and found the little boy with the loaves and the fish, brought him to Jesus, because Andrew understood something most people don't understand. God is not going to call you to do something. He's not going to give you the strength and the power to do. So, so, so God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Enough excuses. We need to move. We need to move. Now is the time. Each one of us individually before God need to look at ourselves in the mirror, in our hearts, and we need to decide to move. If we're going to move, and if we, if we truly have that desire in our hearts, if we're going to move, we need to follow through with the commitments and the decisions we've made of the past. Look at all, right down here. I decided, one of the things, I decided I'm going to start a, a Bible study at my, at my work. I decided I'm going to read the Word of God every day. I'm going to decide I'm going to spend more time with God every single day. Come over and read these. But if you want to move, it's not about just writing them on the floor. It's about actually living them out in our lives. This is what this series is all about. How do we take what we committed to and live it out in our lives every single day? 
We need to use those gifts. We need to use those talents. We need to use those abilities. We need to use those resources. We need to use those strengths to further the kingdom of God. That's why you have them. That is the only reason you have them. So you can go to work and further the kingdom of God at work. So you can go to school and further the kingdom of God at school. So you can go home into your home and further the kingdom of God in your home with all the resources, all the talents, gifts, and abilities that God has given you. There is no place when you leave this church, there is no place where God doesn't rule. Where he should not be the Lord and ruler of your life. I go to P&G, he's the ruler of my life there. I life in such a way at Procter and Gamble or in the job that I'm a part of or the business that I own that other people will look at me. And I, I totally agree with Ron last week when he said, you know, he made that, he had that quote, you know, we should preach the gospel all the time. And when necessary, use words, you know, it's like, oh yeah, when necessary, use words. So you know what? We need to live our lives in such a way that people are drawn into a relationship with God and then use our words. They need to go together. They can't, you can't just leave people to Christ by osmosis. All they're going to think is, well, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a nice, she's a nice woman. I like her. She's nice. Somehow they're just going to magically figure out that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and how important that is to you. We need to be people of faith. We need to be people of obedience. Get it? Good. Okay. So before some of you can move on, you have to decide if you're ready to move from where you are. See, there, there's a problem. Before we talk about move, let's move. You've got the stairs over here. We're, we're moving. We're going to move. Before you decide that you want to move, you have to decide, am I willing to leave where I am right now? Like I said in the last series, you know, it is so important that we make these decisions. And we decided again to start. And we decided to stop. And we decided to stay. And we decided to go. And we decided to focus. And we decided to tell. We, just, we, made, we made all of these important decisions. We wrote them down, not only on the floor, but in our hearts. Now we need to decide to fulfill the decisions that we were called of God to make. We made them. We thought them through. We said, God, this is. I need to be reading your word every single day. If you don't read the word of God, you will never grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Cannot happen can't happen. I would love to say it could come up with something else. If you are not reading the word of God, it's the reason that Christians falter and give in and go along. I, Facebook, I almost want to get off Facebook sometimes because I listen to Christians going along. They're so excited about what happened and, and the government shows this or we decided to do that and all this. And they're just so pumped up about it. And I'm like, how on earth as a believer in Jesus Christ, can you be pumped up about that? I know how. I just don't read my Bible. That's all. It's easy. That makes, that makes, I like what that person's saying. That makes sense. That is not true. But you know, I'll just kind of go along with it. Where are you right now on your journey? Everyone should ask themselves that question because we need to move. Where, where's Jeff Greer on his journey? We say, well, you're a pastor. You should be pretty far along. Yeah, far along as a pastor, but compared to Jesus Christ, where am I? Where am I on my journey? What are things in my life that I need to work on? How can I move forward in my relationship with Jesus Christ? See, some of us are really stuck on the side of the road. You're stuck on the side of the road. You're stuck at the bottom of the stairs, and you're just kind of hanging out at the bottom of the stairs. You're stuck in a place of depression. You're stuck in a place of worry or, 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 or grief or, 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 or maybe, you're, maybe you just feel guilty. There, there's a guilt that's there or the shame that's there. Or the fear, you're stuck in fear. You're stuck in brokenness. 
Maybe you're stuck in anger. You're, you're, you're just angry. Someone did something to you and you are bitter. You're stuck in a, in a sense of unforgiveness. Maybe you're stuck in, maybe you're complacent. Maybe it's complacency. Maybe it's, you're, you're stuck in your comfort zone. You know what? Listen, listen. I know you've been a Christian for a long time. You've done your share, man. You've paid your fair share in the church. It's time for you just to, why don't you, someone move so that person can put their feet up on the back of the chair, okay? Cause they're, they, they've done, they've done their share. They need to retire from serving the lord it's time to really you've done you you've taught already how many years did you teach everybody breathe in and out breathe in and out you still breathing there is no no such thing as retirement okay in christianity okay you don't retire you expire okay you walk along serving the Lord with all your heart and then you just die, okay? It could be that you're stuck in... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the way it is. And that's the way it should be, right? Who wants to, who wants to be bored? I'm sorry. I hear high schoolers and... Oh man, church is boring, church is boring. How on earth can you truly before God live out what Jesus Christ is calling you to do and then call our faith boring? The last thing, maybe, maybe, um, maybe a little overwhelming sometimes, maybe difficult and challenging. Maybe, maybe you have to stand up against the, against the odds. Maybe, maybe you have to stand up for your faith and you're, you're being pushed back or you're feeling a little uncomfortable. You're being persecuted. You can be all those things, but you shouldn't be bored. If you're living out your faith, there is no such thing as boring in the kingdom of God. There is no such thing as boring if we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. There is no such thing as boring. You look around, people say, well, you know, I look around, I see everybody else. They're not really doing much of anything, blah, blah, blah. So that means that you are, you're going to follow. What does it say? That you're, who's, who are you supposed to be conformed to the image of? Jesus Christ, right? Paul said, follow my example as I what? As I... Follow the example of Christ. So if you're, if you're around people who aren't living out their faith, why don't you find some people who are and follow after them? Instead of, instead of, instead of complaining and make it easy on yourself, well, I don't see anybody else do anything, so why should I do anything? Why don't you find people who are doing things? Some people are stepping out in boldness. Some people are taking chances, going all over the world, sharing the love of Jesus Christ in places that are dangerous. I see a lot of people doing that kind of thing. If you're looking for heroes in the word of God, if you're looking for heroes from the word of God, you'll find them. If you're looking for people to follow after even now, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, I can point them. I can point you in the right direction. Those people, they are out there. They're out there. If we are going to complete the story that God has called us to complete, we need to move from where we are to where God wants us to be. Nowhere is this more evident then in the, the people of God in Joshua and the people of God entering the promised land. Nowhere can we find that more evident. I love this. And we touched on this in the last series. We touched on this. But I want to I kind of put a little bit of a twist on it, if you will. I want to put a twist on it. This morning, I want to apply their journey to our journey, their specific journey to our journey. And, 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 get, and so as God calls us, I want us to get ready. In this series, in this this morning, I want us to begin to prepare. I want us to get ready. We need to start paying closer attention so that we are prepared to follow. 
And if we faithfully follow God's lead, if we faithfully follow God's call, then the story, our story, the best part of our story is yet to come. If we are willing to step out in faith and begin to follow him the way the word of God calls us to follow him, then the best, the most dynamic, the most exciting, overwhelming, unimaginable part of our story has yet to be told. See, I believe before we can move forward from where we are, we need to understand a few things. Three things I want to close off here for you to understand. Number one, we need to understand God's plan. We need to understand God's plan. After Moses died, God comes to Joshua and says, hey, Joshua, my plan is still valid. My plan is still in place. Okay, nothing has changed about what I have called you to do. Nothing has changed. It is time to move. See, it's important to remember that while God's people maybe have fallen, fell short as they went through, they left Egypt. It's important to understand that though they may have fallen short in some areas, Though they may have tried to come in and basically insert their own plan, God's will, his plan is still in place, waiting to be accomplished. That's what he's saying to Joshua. I know you guys have made some mistakes. I know, you know, ups and downs. But you know what? My plan is still in place, and I still want you to accomplish what I've called you to do. See, there are so many voices out in the world right now who are trying to pull on your heart, trying to pull you. Voices telling you how, how you can have success. How you can have financial freedom, how you can have you can have happiness and you can have fulfillment. There's all kinds of voices out there, but they are not the word of God. They come from the wisdom of the world. God's plan for 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 our lives is based upon his word and his promises, his word and his promises. And for the children of Israel, it was to get out of Egypt, right? To cross the wilderness, go across the wilderness, and to enter into the promised land. So that way they would receive God's blessing. So it was, and then it was to cross, and then it was to enter the promised land so they could receive God's blessings. God's plan for our lives, I believe for a lot of Christianity today, I believe that God's plan for our lives right now is to leave our place of comfort. To leave our place of complacency. To leave our place of selfishness and hopelessness and pride or wherever, wherever you find yourself to leave that place and enter a new life, a life that God has called you to. And it may be filled with challenges, but my friends, at the end, you receive incredible blessings. You need to ask yourself what right now, ask yourself, what is my Egypt? What place has me bound? They were in slavery in Egypt. And Moses said, let's get out of here. Let's get out of bondage. Let's get out of slavery. Where are you? What is your Egypt? And then what do you need to cross? What, what wilderness do you need to cross? Because once you get out of Egypt, right? The, it's not like, hey, we got out of Egypt. Boy, that was easy. Now we're resting in the promised land. No, now you got to cross the wilderness. Where are you? What wilderness do you need to cross? Don't think just because you overcame that addiction, that it's not going to be a wilderness that you need to cross. Satan is going to throw so much at your feet, so much in your face, so much in your mind. There's a wilderness you still need to cross. And see, and then you have to ask the question, okay, where is the wilderness? Then what is God calling me to? Where is he calling me? Where is your promised land? Where's your hallelujah? Where's that place where you just, you're fired up about God? I am, boy, I am in, if you will. I am in my hallelujah. This is my sweet spot. God, you called me. I went through the wilderness. Now I'm in this place. Where is your hallelujah? 
Where is that in your life? We need to understand God always has a plan for us. God always, always has a plan for you. Always, he's always, he always has a plan for you. That means we need to get moving. Go forward. Move ahead. Get it? Good. All right. Number two, we need to understand his power. See, there's a thing. This is another place that we're really lacking. We need to understand the power of God. Along with his plan, God gives us his power. He says, here's the plan, and I have something else for you. Not by your own strength. I have the power. So here's the plan, and I want to give you the power. It said in Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, it was talking about that. He said, you know, be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you and forsake you. It is by the power of God that we accomplish the plan of God. So we need to make sure that we are living in God's power. The children of Israel tried to insert their own will on God's plan. And then we see, remember in Numbers chapter 14, verses one through five, I want to read it to you. It says, I'll read it to you. It says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we would have died in Egypt or in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Then they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They tried to insert their own opinion on God's will. On God's plan. They were pushing their own opinions on God's plan. God's plan has nothing to do with our fears. Just understand that. You know, why don't we go back to Egypt? I don't want to. There's giants in that land. We look like grasshoppers to them. Let's just go back to Egypt. Let's choose a couple people. We'll, we'll, We'll all vote. Raise your hand. And we'll go back to Egypt. God's plan has nothing to do with our fears. God's plan has nothing to do with our emotional reactions to how things are going in our lives at that point. I don't like this, God. I don't like it at all. We get all emotionally charged about it. See, it's, a, it's not about us. It's about him. God is telling his story through our lives. God is telling his story through my life. God is telling his story through your life. And that is not a life of fear. That's not a life of, of oh, you know, I don't feel that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just going to close my Bible. Let's, let's, try, let's try another plan. See, they also, they also tried to move the plan based upon majority rule, right? <laughs> it's, it's majority rule. They all got together. Let's choose ourselves a leader. See, God's plan is not determined by what you think. And God's plan is not determined by what everybody else is doing. What does everybody else think in culture? What is everybody else saying in school? What, is, where, what, are, what are they saying in the, in the, in the, in the magazine, in the, even the Christian magazine? What is this famous guy, okay, that, we're, that we all fall all over ourselves to follow? What is he saying about what we should believe about this cultural thing or that cultural thing? What, oh, well, we've got to figure out what he's saying. No, we don't. We've got to figure out what the Bible says. And if he says something other than what the Bible says, he's completely wrong. We don't follow him. He's completely wrong. What does the word of God say? That's what we should follow. But they were going to go by majority rule here. What everybody else thinks, what everybody else is doing. See, when we allow our plan, our rules to come into place, it can only end in destruction. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 40 through 43, we're reminded of that. The people decide to take matters into their own hands. And this is what it says in verses 40 through 43. Moses said, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? 
This will not succeed. We're going to go up in the mountain. We're going to attack the, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's our own plans. Do not, do not go up because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies for the Amalekites and the Canaanites will face you there because you have turned away from the Lord. He will not be with you and you will fall by the sword. If you do not follow God's plan, if you do not follow God's plan, then you will not be successful. Well, it's kind of, well, it's kind of God's plan. He said to go and take the land. So now we're going to do it our way though. We're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to go into the land our way. Well, that's not what God said. Do, do Moses saying, don't do this. God is not with you because you came up with your own plan. You came up with your own design and God, he's saying that's not going to work. See, God, God's plan only works. God's plan only works when it is in context of his power. God's plan works according to his power, not by the power of human beings. See, one of the problems we have in our culture today is they're attacking us because we won't submit to, to, to or, uh, or we attack the sovereignty of, of man. We defend the sovereignty of God and we attack the sovereignty of man and therefore they don't like it because their God is themselves. So they don't like it at all. See, when, when God gives you a promise, his power will perform what he has promised. When God gives you a plan, when God gives you a promise, his power will perform what he has promised to you. See, what a group, what a group of people or a nation decide does not determine truth. Or make something right. What an entire nation votes on, what an entire nation of people decide, or a group of individuals, does not determine truth. It does not even determine, it doesn't determine what is right. The path of a nation, the plan of a person without God, will only end in ruin. The path of a nation, or the, the plan of an individual person or a group of people without God will only end in ruin. Get it? Good. Okay, number three. We need to understand the prize. As God moves forward accomplishing his plan, we need to understand the goal. What's the goal? What is God's goal? God's will for Israel is that they would leave Egypt, that they would walk, they would go through the, the, the wilderness, and that they would enter the promised land that he, he, he had given to them. That was his goal, that you will be in the promised land, that you will have all that I've offered to you. This is, this is, what, he, this is what it's all about. This is, and this is where we really need to focus, right? We need to focus. So just close your eyes for just a second. I want you to focus on what I'm saying. For the people of God, us or anyone else, to receive the prize, God is going to give them a command, okay? And here's the command. The command is, I want you to prepare. And that's what we're going to do during this series. We need to prepare. I want you to prepare. I don't want you to leave here and not think about this for the next week. I want you to ask each other lots of questions. Where am I in my spiritual walk? Am I living out God's plan for my life? Do I believe that God's power can accomplish what he has for me in my life? Am I using my strengths, my talents, my abilities? Am I coming to church just sitting or am I coming to church with an opportunity to serve and invest in the lives of other people? Listen to what it says here in in, uh, verses 10 and 11. Uh, 10 and 11 says, So Joshua um, 
ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready, get them ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Get prepared. They had to prepare their possessions. They had to prepare themselves. What, what, are, what, are the, what provisions, what, what provisions, not possessions, but provisions, what provisions do you need? You need to prepare your provisions. What do you need in order to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish? They, have to, they had to prepare their hearts because God was going to do a miracle by helping them cross the Jordan. How many of us come to church, I've asked this before, expecting God to do a miracle in this place, in our lives? How many of us come to church? How many of us live our lives expecting God to do something miraculous in our lives? They had to prepare their hearts for God to do a miracle in their lives because he was going to do something. He said, I want you to cross the Jordan. Read about that. It wasn't easy. They had to take a step of faith. And then also, they had to prepare themselves to receive the gift, receive what God had for them. They had to be prepared. Every single one of you, God has a plan for your life. God is moving you in a certain direction so that you can enter into whatever promised land it is for you. What has God called you to do? Where has God called you to go? What is God's plan for your life? You need to be prepared. And you can't say, well, you know, I waited a long time and God hasn't come through on this. And God, and maybe, 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 just maybe the reason you're not receiving what you want is because it's your plan imposed upon God's will. God has a plan and a will for your life, but you've imposed your plan because, you know, going through that territory, there are, there are giants there. There are monsters there. Let's go around. God didn't call you to go around. He called you to go through. And then you're upset because God isn't giving you what you want, your plan for your life. See, God told them it's time. So prepare. It's time to move. We're moving. In three days, we're moving. We're moving. And I'm just saying to you this morning during this series, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to prepare your hearts. Do not come here on Sunday mornings and go, oh, yeah, what, what series are we in? Is it my story still? Or, you know, what, what's it? Move. That, that's an easy word, right? Say it together. Let's say one, two, three. Move. Okay? That's the series we're in. That's what I want you to come be, be prepared to do. I want you to come prepared to move. Like the people of Israel, our time to move is now. It is now. We need to be prepared for the journey that God has for this church and for us as individuals. We need to prepare our hearts. God has something amazing in store for us, but we need to be people of faith. We need to be people of obedience to his word. God wants us to embrace his plan his power right he wants us to embrace his plan he wants us to embrace his power and then the prize that he has for each one of us he wants to embrace it right now to know that that prize is coming that there's something at the end of the road that god has for us i don't know what it is for you i don't know what it looks like for some people you'd say well that's not a very good ending but you don't know the whole story you don't know what God is going to do with your life along the journey. And even at the end of the journey, you know people who have, who have left this world, okay? And you say, God, why didn't God heal that person? Who have left this world, and then you realize, look how many people have come to know Jesus Christ. 
because of that relationship, because of the relationship that person had, and because that person, through the most difficult time of their lives, held up Jesus Christ as the most important thing in their lives, and because of the witness of Jesus Christ, there are people sitting in this place because that person has left this world. But the way they left this world was so dynamic that you were drawn into a closer relationship with God. God wants us to know his power. He wants us to know his plan. And he wants us to know his prize. My friends, we will never, you will never, I will never, you will never, we will never find our hallelujah. We will never find our hallelujah until we are ready to move. Bow your heads with me. Lord God, Lord God, I pray with all of my heart, you helped us walk through my story. And we made commitments to you, Lord God. And we made commitments last week. We said we're going to write down people's names on the floor that, that we want to lead to, into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to tell our story to those people. I pray that we would follow through with that commitment. Lord God, that we would fill this place up with people who need to know you. That we would get that person in our minds, that we would invite that person here to hear all the amazing dynamic things you can do in their lives. People are lost. There is a harvest. The harvest is plentiful. But for some reason, the laborers continue to be few. And I pray, dear God, that that would not be said about Grace Chapel. That we would be ready to move and do whatever, whatever you have called us to do. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a fantastic week.